20 years old, I found out I was pregnant. Those two pink lines devastated me. I knew I could survive the adventure of parenthood, but I didn't have a roadmap to help me thrive. Welcome to the Two Pink Lines podcast, a podcast addressing the questions of unplanned pregnancy. I want to share stories of women and men who've embraced the unplanned and found out that they can still hope, dream, and become a parent. Hi, I'm your host, Cheyenne Erickson. Join me as we embrace the unplanned. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Cheyenne Erickson, and today we have Andrea's story, which honestly is an amazing drama, and um, I'm really excited to let her tell you about it, but the Cliff Notes version is that she's a teen mom, she became widowed as a teenager, and she's now a budget coach. So this is a lady who can give you real-world practical advice on how how to financially handle a new baby or even a second baby and she gives us some budgeting tips at the end of this so you'll definitely want to listen all the way through and here's my conversation with Andrea hey Andrea how are you doing good thank you how are you good I'm really excited that we get to do this yes thank you for having me I'm super excited so Andrea is one of those people who I'm just starting to know, and we kind of coincidentally ran into each other on Instagram, and I saw a little bit about her story, and I was like, wow, I've got to talk to her. I have to find out how she did this. And so she's graciously agreed to come on today. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are. What do you do? How do you spend your time? Um, yeah, so thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to um, share my story with others. So um, my name is Andrea. I currently um, like co-own a restaurant with my mom. So that is like my day job. And then my side hustle, my part-time job is I am a budgeting coach. Um, so those are my two like jobs. And then I do have two kids at home, and then um, I'm now a newly fiance, so I have a whole bunch of things going on for me, but that's yeah. that's where I'm at, yeah. That's a lot. How old are your kiddos? Um, I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. Wow. Wow. How's teaching, like, elementary school right now? Are they in school, or...? Yes. Um, well, they're doing online school right now. Um, mm -hmm. And so the 10 year old is fine. She gets her work done independently. Um, she knows once she finishes, she can do whatever she wants because she's at home. Um, it's the younger one. She's in second grade. So she takes and needs a little bit more uh, like one on one attention. So I need to be there with her making sure she's getting everything done. Um, but that's that's fine. It's my new role. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You have so many. So um, I don't know. Let's just kind of jump right into your story because it's so fascinating. And I think we have a lot of ground to cover. Um, you became pregnant at kind of a young age. Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah. So <clears throat> um, 
I became pregnant at the age of 15 um, and then had her when I was 16, but I was always a super good kid. You know, I was in all like the honors classes, straight A's, you know, I was like the perfect child and I was super shy and quiet um, and, you know, all those good things. And somewhere along those lines, my freshman year, um, I, I guess I, I started to get to know this boy who was from the wrong side of the tracks and somehow we fell in love. It was, you know, high school, uh, sweethearts, I guess. Um, and so he wasn't a negative influence. Um, he was like in and out of juvie and stuff. So, um, he, he kind of pulled me that way. And so I became pregnant, um, my freshman year of high school. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's how, yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. I mean, um, I really can't imagine. I, yeah, it's, um, because getting pregnant at 20 scared me senseless. I can't imagine five years earlier. Um, what were you kind of feeling when you found out you were pregnant? Like you probably had hopes and dreams. Like, I mean, high school motherhood is not on your radar at all. So how did you react to the news? Um, it was definitely very scary, um, as a child, basically, like, how am I going to tell my parents this? Um, and, you know, like I said, I was such a good kid. It just came out of nowhere. I mean, obviously the boy was a bad influence, but they, I believe you just kind of think that I would, I would be responsible enough not to fall for that. Um, but it was super scary to tell them and just to kind of realize like, I am a child and now I'm having a child. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And did you decide right away? Like, yeah, I'm going to become a mom. Or did you think about termination or adoption? Um, Yeah. So termination or even adoption was never really um, an option for me. Um, I always kind of knew that I, you know, I had made this mistake and it was something I don't want to say like that I had to live with because that sounds like my daughter's like terrible, but something that I wanted to um, go through with and and handle it on my own. Mm-hmm. And that was just it wasn't based on a religious influence or anything like that. It was kind of by sheer force of will that you're like, yeah, I- I'm going to just become a mom. Yeah, it was kind of both because my mom um, is Christian. And so she never kind of, she didn't really believe in that. Um, But she did try to talk me into it and try to get an abortion. Um, But like I said, that was never really an option for me. So um, I just, I didn't really give it much thought. Wow. So what was high school like for you then? Um, High school was... It was kind of, I don't want to say the same, but I really didn't have like a lot of friends. Like I said, this boy that I was with just pulled me away from everyone. It was just me and him constantly. Um, So high school was just that, me and him. Um, 
the only thing that I really remember like from high school and being pregnant was just me having to walk to school and home every day. Um, and just, I don't know, there was one time that I had to throw up during class, like with morning sickness. But other than that, high school was just high school for me. Mm -hmm. Did you keep going to school after your daughter was born? Or did you choose to do online? Yeah, definitely. So I, I continued to do school to go to school. I'm trying to remember, I think I took like a couple weeks off, and they probably like gave me my work ahead of time. Um, but I did end up finishing my senior year online. So I had her, I guess my second year, my sophomore year, but um, I did opt for online school my senior year, just so that I could work more. Yeah, how were you supporting yourself? Was your mom helping? Did you have like a support system? Um, yeah, so she um, helped me a lot, I guess. What I the, the contract was, I guess, was that I had to start working um, and I had to pay for diapers and like that kind of baby stuff formula and um, any daycare costs. I had to pay for that. And I was still living under my mom's roof. So she didn't charge me like rent or anything. Um, but those were the things that I was responsible for paying for. Wow. And was that hard? Or like, yeah, just tell me how that worked. Um, it was not as I guess, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily hard. It I was working full time. I was working 40 hours. Um, and I worked at a McDonald's was my first job. I worked, um, it was 30 hours, 30 hours, uh, 30 minutes away from home. So, uh, I would open. And so I would be leaving the house before my dad, which was super crazy. Cause as a child, I remember my dad always waking up like at nighttime. So here I am as a 17 year old waking up at three in the morning to drive to McDonald's to work, um, I guess eight hour shifts. Um, I guess that was like the hard part, but really supporting my daughter. Um, I, I guess I wasn't fully supporting her. So that was the extent of the hardship. I mean, I think it's still, I, I admire you and like thinking it's so responsible. Um, was your partner involved or, um, did he? Was he for you having the baby and everything? Like, I guess you guys um, hung out a lot. So he probably, um, how, how did that relationship work? Yeah, so he, um, he did have like one job in high school. But like I said, he was always like in and out of juvie. Um, and so he did like support me having her. Um, he didn't want me to like give her up or anything. And we still, like he was there, like he didn't like leave me, I guess, like, like in the relationship. Um, so he was always there for me. He didn't really help support like financially in any way. Um, but he was there like as a father figure. Um, so that was, that was all right. I mean, since he was always in and out, it was always kind of crazy, but um, he was there for the most part. Good. Yeah. And so you guys are kind of going along, you're working really hard, graduating high school, taking care mm -hmm. of your daughter. Um, so 
um, what kind of happened next? Yeah, so after high school, well, I was finishing my high school online, so I was working at McDonald's. Um, and then, so my parents own a restaurant, so I, I stopped working at McDonald's and went to work as a waitress um, at the restaurant. Um, and actually, he, he worked at the restaurant as well as a dishwasher. But um, so I graduated high school and he had to like redo senior year since he was always like in and out of, of school. Um, so he was still finishing up his schooling. Um, and then after that, we both decided to go to community college. And at 18, I moved out of my mom's house and she allowed us to live in this home where I'm currently at um, rent free. She allowed both of us to live here um, with our daughter. And then, so shortly after I became pregnant again. Um, so I was 19 at that time, um, and, um, pregnant with my second child and, um, and yeah, yeah. So we moved in here together. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. So like when you became pregnant at 19, were you like, okay, we're starting a family. Like, I mean, you had a family, but um, I felt like when we became a family of four, that there was a different gravity to it. You know, we weren't like teenagers doing our thing anymore. We were like a family of four. Um, <laughs> or was that kind of another whirlwind to hit your psyche? Um, no, it was definitely more like we were becoming a family. Like we were in our new home. Um, like we were getting our shit together, right? We were both working and trying to like continue our education. Um, and so we weren't married or anything. So the second pregnancy definitely upset my mom again as well. Um, so it was a little bit rough, like with my relationship with my mom, but, um, we were we were trying to be adults right we were, were supposedly that was our track to trying to be adults and trying to be a family um and just trying to grow up i guess mm -hmm. and so um do you mind sharing what happened to your partner yeah so um we we were living in this house we moved in we were being adults, right? And so at one point he was working, um, at one point he was working three jobs. So he came home one night, like he was gone all day from like his jobs. He came home one night and, um, and he was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends, which wasn't like super crazy. I was like, all right. But, um, he still had a very like negative, um, influence of friends. So he went out with his friends um, and I went to sleep and crazy enough that night I slept like a baby. Um, I didn't wake up till six in the morning and noticed that he was not there beside me. Um, so that's when I started freaking out and calling everyone to see what was going on. Um, that I got, then I got called to the hospital and once I arrived there, I, found out that he had passed away um, and he was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, wow. Wow. Um, how, like, 
where did that take you? Um, with how old were your kiddos? Yeah, when that happened, um, uh, we were both 20 um, when he had passed away. And the kids were, it was four days after my oldest daughter's fourth birthday. Um, so she had just turned four and the youngest was eight months old. Oh, wow, Andrea. Um, my daughter yeah. just turned four. So thinking about how she would know how did you deal with telling them um i don't want to say like i kept it a secret because obviously they knew like well the oldest one could tell like that he wasn't like around anymore the youngest one like had no clue really what was going on um but the oldest one yeah the oldest one um i tried to let her down as gently as i could she Um, I chose for both of them not to go to the funeral um, or any of that kind of stuff. I I don't know if I like babied her too much around it. Obviously she knows um, that he passed away, that he's no longer here. Um, But I never use like the word he died. Like even when they say the word died now, like as older kids, they say like something oh it just died and i'm like don't say that i don't know if i'm just like babying them too much but it's just i don't know but i no i tried to let her my kid saying died too and i don't have any connection to anything like it's just so harsh yeah yeah and you're like it i mean this is like a really not great conversation in context of this but i in a parenting context that i'm like I know this is part of the world, but I, I just have issue with your innocent lips, like uttering this. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, it's definitely so weird when they just like say, oh, it died. I'm like, mm, let's find a different word to say. So I tried to, to let her know as easily as I could. Um, but she definitely she is like so attached to him like when someone says because she looks a lot like her dad so when someone says wow you really look like him like she gets like so proud you can see like her like she like lightens up a little bit um Mm. but yeah how did you cope with the situation um yeah it was definitely rough um at the beginning, um, like I was so fixated on on getting justice for him. So for the first like three or four months, I was just so focused on that. And and at that point, I had moved back in with my mom for her support because um, I just couldn't be here like in that same house. And then by myself, so I moved back in with my mom. Um, so she was helping me out, but I was like so stuck like on the news because it was like on the newspaper, it was in the news, um, all these things going on. And I just felt like the police didn't do enough of what they could have done. But after, after like a few months, I was just like, I can't like stay like this. So I, I enrolled back into community college um and really just like buried my face in books and just focused on school um and then i got my daughter into 
into um, dance classes and I just tried to fill our schedule up um, so that we could focus on ourselves and do things for ourselves now. Um, and just, I guess, kind of like to help pass the time by, I guess, just fill up our days so that our days would go quickly. That sounds terrible. Um, but at that moment, that's, that's just, we just wanted to get out of that situation and move forward. I mean, that totally, I, I would say I cope with January and February that way. Um, <laughs> but, um, so is that how you became interested in like finance and budget coaching? Um, um, hold on. So after school, so I graduated, um, with my bachelor's in business just because I wanted to help take, um, take over the restaurant. Um, finances did have a little part in that. But it wasn't until I met my now fiance, which was uh, three years ago when I met him. Um, and so he moved into this, he moved into this house, like where it all happened. Um, and it just kind of gave off like negative vibes for him. Um, because at that point, like I still had um, like, my baby daddy's like clothes were still in the closet like everything was still in the same place so he was like um this is like kind of weird how about we move out and i was like yeah you know i'd like a new house let's move out um and so that's really when my financial journey started and when i really started focusing on my finances um because we started putting in offers for houses we were looking we got pre-approved everything and then it came to the time where we had to sign a whole bunch of papers and like we wrote down our down payment and it was just so scary i was like oh my god how am i gonna pay for this this is literally all the money i have like every single cent um and so luckily we um, got outbid on that house because we were a hundred percent like not ready not ready for that and at that point um, was when I started paying attention to my finances. I was like, I do not want to, cause I wanted to move out too. Like I kind of lived in like a like dingy little home. So I was like, I want a nice new home, right? I want to, um, continue moving forward. So, uh, I was like, how I need to figure out my finances so that I'm able to move out. I'm able to start this new life. Um, without it being like a financial burden, without it being like scary. Um, so yeah, I started paying attention to my finances and, um, and saving up for that new down payment for the new home. Oh, did you guys find a home? Um, we actually bought, well, I actually bought the house from my mom. So okay. we're still here in this home. Yeah. Um, but we're definitely, we're still saving and now we have a wedding to plan for. And, um, yeah, my fiance has bought like a new semi truck for his work. So we're just kind of trying to pay off those things right now. Yep. One step at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, was, is your wedding planned for like coming up soon or? Um, are the date is for November, 2021. So later on this year. Oh, congratulations. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. So 
you had a lot of financial responsibilities, like starting very young. Like, I mean, a lot of people start having jobs young, but supporting another human and yourself and everything um, is a lot. And I would say like, not everyone would be willing to do that. Like you really are quite brave. Uh, (laughs) If you were to, like if someone like you sat down in a chair and was like, Andrea, you know, I have two kids at home. Um, I'm the only income, like working at a restaurant. What would be like three tips you would give that person to like steps for financial soundness? Um, yeah, so that's a great question. Um, the first tip that I would give someone um, is to figure out your financial goals. So like, what are you hoping to achieve in 2021 in this year and make it bite-sized. So if this year you wanna say, for example, $10,000 or $5,000, whatever that is for you, make it bite-sized. So how much do you need to save per month to achieve that goal? Because like, if you say, I wanna save $5,000, like that's a lot of money. And when we see it so big like that, and it's like such a long term, it's just very scary. And sometimes like we don't accomplish it because we don't set those mini goals up for, for ourselves. So break it down. Um, if you, or even break it down, like per paycheck, if you get paid once a week, um, so divide your goal between um, the 52 weeks, just make it super small. Like, um, how much do I have to save per week to get to this goal? And if you focus on that per week or per month, it's going to be so much easier for you to achieve that, that final big goal. So that would be my first tip. Make sure your goals are bite-sized. Um, my second tip would be to track all of your expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some I've heard before, like, oh, you know, I, I can just look at my bank statement. All of my expenses are there. I'll just look at that. Um, it's not enough. I'm going to tell you it's not enough just to just look at your bank statement. Um, the act of like writing it down, even if it's just on a piece of note paper or in a spreadsheet, just that act of you writing those things down and tracking them is going to be super, super helpful because you need to know where all your money is going. And so at the end of the month, if you look at um, all of your expenses that you tracked, you're going to notice, wow, I really spent that much at Starbucks. I really went to Target that many times and spent like $200 each time. So once you start seeing those habits, it's going to be super eye-opening for you. Yeah. That's like (laughs) true because we... um. We've done budgets like several times and, you know, it like fall off the wagon when times get busy or whatever. So we readjusted our budget at the beginning of the year and um, yeah, tracking expenses again, because I have been that person just like looking at my bank statements. <laughs> and so tracking this month, I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> like our Amazon purchases, it's just so easy to be like, oh yeah, we kind of need that thing by now. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> And it's so so easy with Amazon just to click. All right, shipping. Yep, it's great. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yes, that's the second tip to track it all down. Um, And then the third tip is um, to move your money into another account. Um, I know sometimes we just leave our savings like in our bank account or maybe we have a separate 
savings account, but within the same bank, I would suggest moving it to a different bank if you could, um, because it's going to make that just a little bit harder for you um, to leave it there, right? So if it's like in the same account, it's easier for you to just move it back to your bank account back and forth. Um, and then just make sure you you name it, whatever that savings is for. It's for its travel or new house down payment or wedding, just make sure you name it. Um, because when it has that name attached to it, it's um, you won't want to take money out of it as easily, okay? If it's not for that specific reason, okay, I'm, it's just, I'm not traveling, so I'm not going to take money out of my travel account, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so for like the person who uh, like maybe savings isn't quite the goal, maybe it's just like getting by paycheck to paycheck. Um, mm -hmm. what would you say to that person trying to get their finances in order? Um, all right. So first off, what you're going to want to do is list out all of your income that you have with within one month so from the first to the last day of the month how much money will you be getting um and then write down all of your expected bills so um like your rent or your mortgage um any utilities lights water electricity um all of your expected bills and make a list of those um and then figure out First of all, do you have enough money coming in to pay for the things you need? Also include your groceries, right? So the four walls are um, housing, utilities, food, and then transportation. So those are the four most basic things that you need to make sure you have covered. Um, so once you add up all of those, you need to see, does your income even cover those things? So if, if it doesn't, at that point, you need to um, find extra income, get another side hustle, or you need to um, figure out how you can lower those expenses. So if you're spending too much on groceries, or maybe you have a car that you're not using as much, maybe you can sell, try to find how you can lower those. Um, so that would be that would be the first step for you. Um, is figuring out if you have enough money and how to lower those expenses that might be a little bit too much at the moment. I love the analogy of the four walls because, yeah, like even um, I would say with the living wage or above, it that is what it comes down to. And so, and it's amazing how those can inflate even. So going back to the basic idea of cutting, um, yeah, I really like that. Um, so do you offer classes or how does your budgeting coaching work out? Um, so right now I'm, I'm, I'm always open to one-on-one -on -one clients for private coaching. I'm always offering that. Um, and then actually right now I'm working on a mindset workshop that I haven't announced yet. So you guys are the first to hear about my mindset workshop. Um, that will be opening up um, about the first week of February. So within a couple of weeks, um, I will be opening that up to the public. Um, so you can look for those. You can find me on Instagram at millennial underscore money underscore boss. 
Um, so if you need help with getting your budget set up or any kind of um, financial advice, if you need help figuring out your four walls, um, and if you are in that situation where your income does not cover your four walls, um, you can definitely feel free to DM me and we can chat about what your next steps would be. Um, but yes, I do offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then sometimes I do offer like um, different kinds of programs. Um, it just depends if I'm, if that's the time of the month for those to launch. Okay. Yeah, we will link to those in the show notes and um, definitely spotlight you on Instagram showing what you're up to and the class in a few weeks. Um, I'm really excited because I remember when we became pregnant. Um, I know probably more of our listeners have heard my story than possibly you have. Um, but we had like my husband had just graduated from college and I was still in college and we moved for him to go to law school. And so I remember we moved and I was like six months pregnant and we had a hundred dollars in our bank account. And I sat there just crying. Like I can't do this because like we're both like busy with school and we were trying to get like government benefits and like, um, trying to kind of get our adulting ducks in a row, if you will. And, um, just the financial, like learning how to deal with finances was a big part of our story because, um, we, like I said, had no money and not really a time to work on income. So all that to say, um, I really am impressed with, moms who are doing it by themselves, first of all. Um, and then anyone who's like got a baby and struggling, anyone who's struggling times of COVID, my mind's just reeling. So um, you guys should definitely check out Andrea. I like, if you have your money in order, life is less stressful and we all need that right now. Um, is there anything else that like any details we missed? Anything else you want to say about your business? Um, just one last thing I want to mention um, is financial freedom is available for anyone and everyone. It doesn't matter what your situation is or what has happened to you in the past. Getting your finances in order is one of, and learning about your finances is one of the most important things you can learn about because like you said, it eases just so much stress off of your shoulders and money will always be involved in your life, right? You'll always have to pay for things. You'll always have to make money to pay for those things. So it's super important for you to learn uh, how to do that efficiently and effectively just to make your life so much easier. For sure. Do you mind if I ask how much like an individual session costs with you? Oh, yeah. So um, I do have different packages to fit different budgets. So it okay. would depend if you would like to meet, for example, four times a month. Um, we can even do three, two, or even once a month would be the most affordable option. Um, I believe the one time a month comes out to about $150 around there. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, 
I just really look forward to um, continuing following your business and learning from what you post on social media and stuff. And um, definitely looking forward to the wedding pictures coming in November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Guys, it was just so great getting to talk with Andrea. I mean, she has gone through some rough stuff in her life. And the way she's handled it and the outlook that she has for the future just is awe-inspiring to me. I really, really appreciate her coming on the show and giving us her time. And I really encourage you, go follow her on Instagram. Um, she has great advice. It's millennial underscore money underscore coach. And so definitely go check her out. And then, as always, thanks so much for being here. If you could go rate and review the podcast, that would be fabulous. And I can't wait to bring you another story next time.